So today we're going to take some time out of our practiced worship time to get information on some of our efforts in the church universal. Told you a little bit about them with the Christmas extravaganza, possibly next year. We have some other thoughts that we're going to try to do at the band shell coming up this coming year as well in St. Cloud. Uh, and we're going to talk about how we fund those things. Normally, when we're about to go into a series on financial accountability, tithing, or money in general, I give a minimum of a two-week notice that it's coming, okay? I do that for the benefit of folks new to the church and or new to the faith in hopes of dissuading the stereotype that many have that the only thing those churches want is your money, amen? I know it was a problem I had with churches. I didn't want to go to churches. You know, I thought every time you go, you know, it's like the little boy, the little five-year-old boy said when the plate came down, he says, Daddy, I'm only five, you only have to pay half price. You know, you shouldn't have to pay to come to church. So we collect tithes and offerings in the glass jar and the box in the back, and that is totally between you and the Lord. But we do preach and teach on monetary accountability. Why? Because Jesus spent over one-third of his ministry talking about money. That's right. So if you're going to learn about Jesus, you want to learn what his position on money is. And his position is it is the number one contender for your faith and your trust in God. Those here who are born-again believers understand this. And those who have been in attendance for any length of time at this church know how we deal with gifts and ties. As I said, they're between you and God. We merely provide you with the biblical information to be good stewards, but I've never met one person in my entire life who said, boy, if there's one thing I wish I never did was become a tither. You will never meet that person. Our church verse on giving is usually found in your bulletin, but I noticed this Sunday it's not there for whatever reason, because it happens. And it's Corinthians 9, 7, which says, each one should give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? In your heart, you decide in your own heart. I found over the years through individual testimony and church family, their interaction with those, that those who recognize where they were before Jesus Christ and where they are now tend to be those who are cheerful givers. Can I get a witness, Victor? Yeah, man. You are because you just understand it. You cannot outgive God. And when we do do studies on um, money and uh, financial accountability, we'll share some of those stories when that comes up. We have some great ones here within the church. But today, I hope to remind us of our history as a body of believers, share some of our stories of missions, and prepare us a bit for the future. As we have been provided with the opportunity, I should say the availability of a member of a group called Vertical Raise to speak to us on a new method of raising funds for our missions, and I think you're going to like it. As it turns out in God's providence, our scripture where we left off in Acts is very pertinent for this morning as it speaks of the universality of the gospel, which giving allows to happen. It's Acts 15, 6 through 9. That's what the word of the Lord says. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, 
that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Amen. This speaks of universal acceptance of all peoples by God without limitations or prejudices that we as men hold on to. The word says Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Those Gentiles spoken of here are everyone who was not Jewish at the time, okay, or of Jewish descent, no matter what country they lived in, what language they spoke, so that they might have their hearts cleansed by faith in Jesus. And that's what we look for when we choose our mission groups. Men and women who represent God's heart can see God's people as God sees them, as his children, rather than by color, nationality, or language. Fortunately for us, here in this church, we are worshiping here due to a long lineage of folks that felt this way and came before us. Now, recorded history as we know it here in the Paw starts in about the 1800s when there were still small scattered citrus groves, turpentine stills, sawmills, and family cattle ranches. When there were, it was the railroad line that brought prosperity and community to this area, allowing access for export and import of goods. This area consisted of tens of thousands of acres of old growth pine and cedar. And Miss Heather's going to show us some slides that's going to go along with what I'm telling you about. What's behind me right here is an actual log train in 1937 that used to run right here in Holopaw. It was in 1923 that J.M. Griffin saw the opportunity for a large-scale lumber operation, opened what he became the largest electric sawmill in the country, employing more than 500 workers. Here, where we sit, and across the street where we park, was where the main commissary, the drugstore, the dry goods store stood. There was a barber, a bank, a hotel, a post office, everything you need in community. And I just hold that picture right there a minute. That young lady that you see right here, okay? Oh, yes. Thank you very much. There's a story behind this as well. She was, as she says, it's Louise Estelle Wells, and she was born here in Holopaw, and you can see how big the community is. And one day I will tell you the story how I got that picture. That's literally from an answer to prayer when I was working in Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina, and the prayer was, Lord, just send us where you need us. And who would have thought I found somebody from Holopaw in Mississippi that needed help? I mean, what are the odds of that, right? That's how we got that picture. Now, slide number three. As you can see here by the pictures, this was a pretty big town and a thriving community. That's the old railroad station. As a matter of fact, Holopaw was the largest town in Osceola County at one time. Yeah, hard to believe, huh? Uh, uh. Here at the mill, they even had a doctor and a nurse, and Mr. Griffin kept back money from each employee for health care. 
It was really one of the first health care plans they had, and it started right here in Olapaw. If you can believe it, it was crazy, right? He would pay his employees in company script, and every two weeks, if you had any script left, you could trade it in for United States currency. That young man that you see right there is standing outside of the hotel, and um, it says on the bottom here, it says the company built a church, also served as Holopaw's first school for students through the eighth grade. They had houses with electric lights and running water. Man, that some people in Bull Creek still don't have that. <laughs> An ice house was built near the railroad tracks. Uh, the boom went bust just before the stock market crashed in 1929. But that's our town here in Holopaw. And where we sit, literally, where we sit here and where we park over there, all those wood structures that you see, that's what this was all through here. It was the thriving community of Holopaw. I've actually found when we were starting to build, uh, one day we had a little bit of a sinkhole and we found one of the original terracotta um, pipes that they had had for their plumbing at the time here. So they had the biggest payroll in the state. That kind of money wouldn't go unnoticed. Holopaw also became known as part-time home to the infamous criminal Joe Tracy and the Ashley Gang, which robbed trains and banks all the way up and down the coast here. Florida historian Gene Burnett says the Ashley Gang became the most notorious band of robbers and killers in Central Florida history. Tracy was arrested on a train down in Keenansville, but was later released only to rob a bank in Pompano. Lawman gunned down Ashley and two other gang members near the Sebastian River Bridge. One of the other guys I was reading about, they actually caught him. And then he said, well, I'm I will tell you where the money's hidden, okay? And they got him out of jail. And he brought him up here to the swamp. And he took off. And uh, he was at large for over a month before they caught him again. <laughs> yeah, sounds like the guy they just caught him, uh, on the news recently. In 1931, the mill closed, as did most of the churches, and the Depression began to set in and the work stopped. This lasted for eight years, and it closes as the Great Depression sets in. Slide number six. For years later, the P.V. Wilson Lumber uh, Company opened a new mill, which provided employment for 1,000 workers. And by the 1940s, 70 years, uh, if turpent... By the 1940s, turpentine logging operations within 70 years had stripped the areas of its trees. So somewhere between when they first began and by the end of the last mill, this place had become basically uh, pasture land. Um, as the loggers moved out, the ranchers and the citrus growers moved in, cleaning out palmettos for cattle groves and fields. Now... But there's another history in this area, and that was not just lumber or turpentine, it was churches. The first two churches recorded were St. Mary's Missionary Baptist Church in 1924, and the next church was Holopaw Methodist Church of the same year. One year later, in 1925, Holopaw Baptist Church got on the books and was open. This church would have a present here, presence here in the paw, in the mill area, until 1939. Now, once again, the mill work died as the men went off to war. And why is that important to us, uh, this Holopaw Baptist Church? Because that is us. That is our history. In 1951, the church reemerged as a Sunday school. 
Just right down the road here, you see that big white, two-story white house? That is the Newman's house. Then Billy Newman and his wife donated the property we currently set on today to have a church built. And we have been Holopah Baptist Church ever since. And then in 2003, we became Holopah Baptist Church doing business as New Faith Community Church. And we've been New Faith Community Church, but our legal name stayed Holopah Baptist. Somewhere between the late 50s and 70s, there was a wooden building that sat here for a church. I know this because Pastor Hackworth, the second name on this list up here, says Billy as superintendent, and then Herbert Webb. And then uh, when they became the church, Billy was ordained to preach, began to serve Holopah as a mission. And then they begin to bring in um, uh, pastors from actually out of the seminary. And the second one was Frank Hackworth. Okay, And I meant to bring the old pulpit up here today instead of this one and didn't get around to it. So how do I know? So because one day we're over there preaching and teaching, and right at the end of service the door opens, and in walks a family of ten. So there you go, right? I'm literally about to close but you get a family of 10, that meant that that was like 30% of our congregation just grew, <laughs> right? I mean, 30 was a big number, okay? So 10 came in, and we're like, I'm not giving this up. So we went a little longer, and then I asked the band, to, uh, I forget, I think we had one gentleman that played guitar at the time, and uh, this guy walks up to me, and he goes, hi, I'm Pastor Hackworth. I used to preach here. Can I, do you mind if I say a word? I'm like, Sure, knock yourself out. Turns out uh, he was this young man. He had just come fresh out of seminary. And uh, he was an older gentleman when he came and seen us. And his, he wanted to bring his grandkids to hear about this church he told all these stories about. Uh, and he wanted to know if the church was still here. And so him, his kids, and his grandkids all made this pilgrimage to come see this. And we still have the original pulpit, so we pulled it out. He took pictures behind it. But how I know there was a wood building was because he said it was easy to get people to the front of the church for altar call. He says because the termites had eaten the floor rafters, and so when you got out of your pews like you guys in the back, it just tilted this way, so you'd automatically head to the front. <laughs> altar call, you know. If you fell, you became a holy roller. He told a lot of really cool stories about the churches at this time. You know, he had all cowboys in his congregation. And one of them was, he said, he's, the church was like here, and if I'm here, the door to come in is right there, and then everybody stood in this little wooden church. And he says, one day I'm preaching about, I'm, man, I'm going, fire and brimstone. I'm talking about when Jesus comes back, and there'll be lightning and thunder like what hit that tree out there. And pretty soon... All these cowboys sitting in the back row start giggling. And he finally, he said, I had to stop and say, okay, now I understand this is probably an 18, 19-year-old just out of seminary, maybe 20. What did I say that was so funny? And they said, preacher, that wasn't no lightning hit that cabbage palm. I was a bear eating out of that. He said one day he's preaching, carrying on this conversation. All of a sudden he noticed everybody is looking at the door. There wasn't fences like you see now. 
and he said a steer had stepped inside the church. <laughs> and they all looked over at it. Everyone was scared to death to say anything that might scare the steer into doing something it shouldn't. And then all of a sudden, somebody in the back went, holy cow. <laughs> and the whole church erupted and outran the steer. So that's sort of our church history. That's how I know about it. Now, it was sometime in the 80s, I believe. Well, it was shortly after that that they built uh, the block building you see over here that we call the Fellowship Hall in the 80s, I believe, slide number eight. But in 2000, we built a 4,000-foot building here where we sit only to have it burnt down by three young Satanists who came in, desecrated the building, they desecrated everything that was holy. They uh, had a little whatever those guys do, uh, sacrifice, and then they threw it up in the attic, turned the air conditioner down so it'd get good and hot, and they burnt the church down. So that's how come we have the building we have here. And I could go through and spend a list, and I started to do it, make a list of all of the crazy fundraisers we had to try to get in this building because I believed we should be debt-free. And in case you're wondering, we are. We are a debt-free church. Yeah. Could I go to uh, the next slide, please? Now, what you're going to see here is out of the fire, one wall stood unscathed. It was our children's church room where the kids had put their handprints on the wall, and that's what you're seeing there. And one of the ladies here, Cherry, saw this, was inspired, and wrote this poem. God's country church with a front porch attitude, that's what we claim to be. A congregation with a love for God, faith and prayer, and the bond of family. God works his love in wondrous ways, in ways we may not know. We must search among the dark and seek that heavenly glow. On one dark morn, so crisp and clear, smoke turned toward the sky. The flames and fire danced to and fro and left us wondering why. Up from the ruins, against all odds, a miracle stood clear. Against the morn, a sign from God did suddenly appear. A message meant God's little church surely will not fall. For there stood silent for all to hear were the hands upon the wall. So you never know why God does what he's going to do. But we had been at a point where we were at that church, and uh, Amy can tell you she was coming. We would squeeze 120 people in that little building. And we thought, we've got to grow, we've got to expand, and we don't know how. And God said, I have a plan. I'm going to burn your church to the ground. <laughs> so be careful what you ask for. And then we went through about seven years of building the church before he would allow us to build the church. Amen. So in, uh, we, we built that church. But before we leave our history, one of the things I wanted to point out about the 1950s was this slide right here, slide number 10. 
This was during a time when biblical knowledge and healthy spiritual life was expected even in our children. This is an actual school report card here from Orange County, and this is what it says. We believe in the spiritual welfare of your child, and to this end, we urge you that he be regularly identified with a church, with a Sunday school organization. We also believe that the assignment of definite home chores is an important factor in the proper development of a child's character. Amen. So what do we do? They have outlawed encouragement of spiritual welfare in our schools. Of course, we have this petition. Maybe we can get some prayer back up in there. That'd be good. So slide 11, please. So what do we do? We have clubs here. We have children's church. We encourage our families to be involved in ministry with their children, to attend Bible studies, kids' clubs, practice Bible teaching at home. We encourage you to actually have your children put money in the tithe box or the tithe envelope at least once a month, okay, to get them to understand if it's important to you, it should be understand that it is important to them. We uh, started our children's ministry here at this church. We were over in that little building. I looked out one day and I said, we have three children in our church. We are going to die. But yet, at Vacation Bible School, we'd have 50 or 60. And I mentioned this to uh, my wife and uh, Teresa Green, uh, and I think there was one other lady at the time, and said, why can't we have Vacation Bible School every week if that's what it takes to get the kids in here? And that's how our children's church program started. And then we went from there, and like today, we've, we probably got 50 kids in the house. But what's really important is our, used to be our Thursdays, it's now our Wednesdays. It's not about church, it's about a safe place. It's about building memories within children that they can come, and when they become adults, they go, well, gee, where did I go? And I wasn't, I wasn't judged, I wasn't accused. Somebody was always there to listen to me. That's why we encourage you to come up on kids' clubs. They need mentors. They need people they can just talk to. I had a girl show up three weeks ago. We haven't seen in years now a young adult. Uh, my wife and um, uh, Kathy O'Berry were the two that would take her out for multiple years during school, just before school would start, and they'd go out and they'd buy her school clothes and buy her backpacks and buy her the stuff she needed. And uh, that's, she just wanted to see those two ladies, where those two ladies at, you know, because of where she was today. You know, she's a young adult, grown, has a job, but it was the encouragement. It was somebody stepping out to help that makes a difference. And that's, that's what Wednesdays are about, whether it's archery or animal club or horse club or art club or science club. It's about getting the kids up here and having a safe space. Now, the other thing we like to do is involve our children in raising money for our children's home. Why? Because Proverbs 19.17 says, Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord, and he will give a reward to the lender. That's why uh, we generally have a fish-a-thon every year, and we call it Kids for Kids. So kids get support for the fish-a-thon, depending on how many fish they catch, they raise money, and this is how we support our children's home. If you would like to throw up slide number 13, 
right outside that door, you'll see a board, and it says Hole Upon India. This is where we are. This is this is our, our children's home that we've had since 2006, I believe, uh, in India. It is located outside the city of Vishakhapatnam. Let me say that three times. In that city is uh, 2,278,000 people. If you look up in that corner, that little red dot, that's a village up there where our boys' home is now. It was located dead in the middle of that city at VJ's house. Now, of all those 2,278,000 people just in that city, okay, or in India, less than 1% of the population of India, which is, I think, the most populous country in the world now, or the second most, is Christian. 1%. 1%. Slide 15. This is the road going into... Um, into the boys' home. You can see the metropolis there. Uh, up here to the left is actually the corner store. You know, just like we have the whole Paul Mall over here. That, that's it right there. That's the corner store. Okay? And uh, next, this is the building that we helped to build. You think we had, oh, wait, go back one, please. You think we had problems with the county? Wow, nothing compared to this. This building was built uh, in a section. If over here is, is the actual village, and then there's a train station out there, and this way there isn't a lot until it goes to a road. But how, we, how VJ managed to get that property is the guy who owned all that property in there was a Hindu. But his wife became a follower of Jesus. And she made him promise on her deathbed that he would sell one of his pieces of property that he owned so that there could be a church. So why do we have that particular piece? Because it's at the dead end of a road. Hindus believe the property at the end of the road is bad luck. <laughs> yeah, bad luck for Hindu gods. So... VJ was able to buy it. He got a builder that began to build it. The government, they, they literally, they had death threats. Uh, they had vandalism. Uh, the government would let him build and stop him. Uh, it was an incredible adventure to try to get that building built. But we finally got it built. You can see there's a wall around it and a gate that's there for a reason, Okay. Because their neighbors hated them. They were Hindus. And if, just in case they were, didn't know what was being built, there's a really large cross <laughs> on the front. Okay? Can we have the next one, please? Pastor Vijay runs a seminary there as well where he's planted, I want to say, probably over 2,000 churches now. Next one, please. Now, in this building you'll see that there's four stories. Well, there's the bottom where the garage and all is, but then there's one, two, three, four. And in the middle is a split. So this side's one side, this side is the other. The first floor here is the offices, and then over here is the pastor's dorms. VJ brings uh, pastors and folks in for seminary teaching from all over the country. 
They come, they stay anywhere from three days to a week, and they live right there with them in those dorms. Uh, the second floor is his offices, okay, over here. And then this is the church to the right. So, and you'll see uh, that's the meeting hall in the church where I am right there. The third floor, the third and fourth on the right, that's VJ's home and the bedrooms where his kids and his wife live. And the third floor, one, two, three on this side, is the boys' home. At this time when I was there, the fourth one up top still hadn't been rented yet. And the um, guy who was the builder who we were financing through wanted to rent it out to somebody else. Well, this is what ended up happening. It turns out that our children in foster care here, okay, age out at 18. In India, they age out at 16. So can you imagine throwing a couple 16-year-olds out on their tough and saying, good luck. We did you everything we could. So we were able to buy that fourth one up there, okay, and our 16-year-old boys transitioned from there up to there to go what they call secondary school, which would be our junior college, okay. Uh, we have at least two of them living up there now that have jobs. They're still going to school, and they're doing great. We just, it's, it's registered no longer as a uh, boys' school, but as a hostel, okay, so that, so that they could do that and live there. They literally live there and have to pay rent, whatever the rent is, a dollar or whatever it happens to be. So, could we have uh, the next one? Slide 19. So, most of the boys are either from villages where pastors work and are either orphans or their parents are, are unable to care for them. Here, uh, you, whoop, go back. There you go. Uh, by the way, Six days a week, homework, just in case you want to transfer over. You know what I'm saying, Morgan? Just in case you want to go that way. Nope. Okay, six days a week. So, and uh, boy, this picture's terrible here. Um, flip off that, this front light plug for me, please. Uh, all the way over. Keep going. There you go. I can't see it very well. Anyway, these are steel bunk beds. The pink is the kids. This is their sleeping quarters, Okay. And then this is where they were studying. This is me going over their homework with them. Some of the other things we did was buy backpacks for them. Next slide, please. Until we were able to buy desks. So, big deal. Do you, some of you guys might remember that fundraiser we had just to buy them desks. It's, 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 everything is more difficult, okay? So, keep, go to the next one, please. This is them uh, having breakfast. We feed uh, five staff and 11 boys on about $22,000 a year. Uh, as you can see, it's a really healthy breakfast. You have an aluminum pan full of rice. And let me tell you, they're glad to have it. So we talked to VJ. We said, uh, when me and uh, the other Tim, whatever we'd like, is there any way, you know, what do we have to do to give you some more money to maybe we can throw some meat in there with breakfast or some vegetables? But this is when they were just getting started, and they've got much better over time. We have the, and then we had a fundraiser as well, just even for a washer. We had to get them a washer. Next. This is Benny Samuel. Originally how the home started was VJ had uh, pastors that would come to him and say that there were these orphans within the villages that the pastors had that nobody could take care of because AIDS was rampant. The other reason why is the pastors themselves couldn't afford to educate their children. That's this one here. It's Benny Samuel. We didn't realize it until I was over there that day. This kid just kept looking across at the men who were eating. 
and he was really sad. He was the youngest kid there. Turned out his dad was there for seminary training. He hadn't seen him in three months because he had sent Benny to live at the boys' home because he couldn't afford to take care of him or educate him. And he was waiting for his dad to get done eating so that he could go over and spend time with him. Next one. This is just some of the kids in the home. That's VJ's daughter right there. You can see the bunks there and uh, the sheets and all that that's on them. Great bunch of kids, man. Uh, the two oldest boys are the two that went up into the next building. Go ahead. <sighs> Decided I wanted to take something over for these guys, but you can only take so much in your suitcases. So me and Tim bought all of these Bosslewood airplanes. Man, you would have thought we brought PS3s to these guys. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, they built them and flew them one more. And uh, so you can see where he's standing. So what does a kid do if he's got a, a Bosswood airplane? He finds the highest place he can get. And there was this little pile of sand. So they'd all take a turn to run up on the pile of sand and throw the plane. And we had a great time. Next. These are the sheets and stuff that you saw on the beds, the new sandals. You know, we even had to buy plungers. Everything to set up a household, basically. Next. This, of course, cricket is the sport. That's these guys. I asked him, I said, give me your best cricket pose, okay? And then uh, we were playing cricket here, and then this picture, one of the scariest pictures of the whole trip. That's us looking for the cricket ball, trying not to get bit by cobras. <laughs> yeah, which were rampant in the area. Next. This here are some of the uniforms that we purchased. We've since had a big fundraiser. They have their own bus now that uh, they can go back and forth to school on, that they can go on field trips and stuff. The dog, I can't remember the dog's name right off the top of my head. That dog is, serves multiple purposes, okay? Not only do the boys absolutely love it, but you have to remember there are 1% Christians in that nation. So... There's Hindus that would come by, and it would constantly harass them. And that's why the whole place, I have other pictures, there's bars on all the stairwells and everything up. I watched some guys come by, and that dog hit the gate, and they hit the other side of the road. <laughs> Next. This is our latest group of boys. This was sent this year. This is the Christmas presents that we sent when we said we're gathering some money. Uh, we usually try to get a few thousand dollars together and send over for Christmas. They get them new uh, clothing, or in this case, looks like a bunch of new sheets, uh, so new sandals, whatever. You know, flip-flops is the, is the shoe of the day, except when they go to school. There's a whole story about socks. They lost one sock, and it was like a major thing. I'm like, dude, let's go buy them extra socks. They're school uniforms, you know. But what, we take all that stuff for granted. You know, we don't think nothing about losing a pair of socks. They lose a sock, they don't go to school. They, you can't go to school if you're out of uniform, you know. So, next one. We have a lot of missions that we support here with the church. Agape is our biggest one. We normally finance this home. We have through sponsors who give about a quarter of the budget we need through monthly giving. They give $35, $50, or $100 a month. About half of the funding comes from our fundraising that we do once a year. 
and the other quarter comes through basic church mission funds. The church gives about $36,000 a year to missions, so Agape is about 72% of our mission giving. We also support a couple who train indigenous pastors and missionaries in Thailand. We support a school in Haiti. We do the local 61 Acres ministry. Now that we're in bed with, also good news, prison ministry we've been given to for a few years now. We still support the Florida Baptist Convention, the Greater Orlando Baptist Convention. And this last year, there was donations that went to St. Jude's as well. Locally, we do work from tarpon roofs to paying electric bills to supplying food, uh, cars, other local needs that people have here. Normally, our fundraiser for Agape is through a fishathon, but this year it just isn't possible, and we have been presented with a new way, and that's what I want to give a few minutes for the gentleman who showed up to talk about uh, before we dismiss, and then we're going to be outside eating hamburgers and hot dogs, and there's a bunch of water games for the kids. So I appreciate your indulgence today, but I wanted to give you a really good idea of why we're doing what we're doing and who we're doing it for. Can you go ahead and hit those lights again, please? All right. Uh, so I know we, as a body of believers, are not real big on going and knocking on doors. Amen? Okay. We're not, we're not the best evangelists but we can make a difference in the world, okay? And we have proven that time and time again, okay? Through missions like Agape and some of the others. And we, God put them in our path, and that's a story in and on itself. We didn't go seeking them. It just, it's, it is a story of God's amazing grace as it was. And we're trying to raise money for this building. We got to a point where the county said, you've got to come up with $20,000 or we're, we're stalling you. We're going to pull your building permit because you're stalled, okay? So we needed a small miracle and $20,000. It was the same week that VJ came over and visited me. We're sitting on my back porch, and he goes, Team, the Lord told me you're supposed to start a boys' home in India. I'm like, VJ, are you nuts? Did you not hear what I said? I need $20,000 and a small miracle. We're done with the church. Tim, God said you're supposed to give me $4,000 no, $4, to start this voice up. I'm like, VJ, you're crazy. So that was a Wednesday. We came to uh, church on Sunday. We had a little trailer out here that we were uh, meeting in for offices. Um, took the collection. I was waiting for the collection to come in. So whoever had donated money specifically for VJ to take back, at that time, we were just supporting Christ Gospel Ministries. One of the ladies came over and says, I need to see you. Well, she, they never do that when they do the count. And I said, well, what's wrong? And I walked out, and she showed me. <laughs> Might not be a lot for a lot of people. For us, it was phenomenal. It was a $25,000 check. So here's the deal. God gave us the 20 we needed. He gave us the four that VJ needed. And $1,000 just, just because God was good. And most people didn't even know we were praying for this money. And the most amazing thing is the people that gave that money had only been in the church for three months and left the next. So we start, I said, VJ... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you this eight years. 
You take that $4,000, you can start a boy's home, you start a boy's home, and that's where we are today. So give us a couple minutes of your time, okay, and let this young man, he tells me he's going to do this in 15 minutes, and he's going to help us, show us how we can do some fundraising in a very easy method, okay, that will help to support these boys and uh, give them a Christian place to grow and learn. One other really good thing I wanted to tell you. So we think that the pandemic was awful and terrible, right? Well, they shut India down. These people live hand to mouth every day. So now they got this entire village around where the boys' school is. They have no way to go to work. They have no way to get food. VJ opened up his house to these people. They would have 200 to 250 people come by every day that they would feed. And then the kids started coming and this year at Vacation Bible School, they had over 200 local kids that showed up. So God knows what he's doing, if, whether or not he burns down a church or starts a pandemic. Amen? And now VJ and the children's home are the place to be in the village. Amen? The people that hated them and threatened to kill them. Come on forward. Kyle, right? Hello, hello. Everybody hear me? Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. My name is with Vertical Rays, and as Pastor Tim mentioned, I am here to help you guys fundraise for the Children's Home in India. Um, as he also mentioned, the whole mindset behind it, we know we live in a crazy world. It's not very safe going door to door, standing outside on the side of the road, Saturday, wasting a Saturday outside of Publix, whatever the case is. We offer a social media-based platform that uses text, email, and social media to help funds for this good cause, okay? So as he's mentioned, I, my goal is to get you guys out of here in 15 minutes, okay? This is a very quick process. If I do go too fast, please just wave me down, slow me down, whatever it is. I'm happy to come by and help you. But like I said, 15 minutes is the goal, okay? So anybody taking part of it, all you would need is your cell phones. If you would go pull your cell phones out, and I'll show you how you can get logged into the website. Hopefully everybody has service. <laughs> okay, so best thing to do is to go ahead and open up your Safari app. Safari. Safari app. Safari app. There we go. The internet. Sorry. <laughs> if you do not have the Safari app, uh, you can go to Google. That's fine. I will tell you what to type in on there. But if you're on your Safari app, you're going to go to this website. So the first letter is a V. V for victory. Okay. So it's V-R-A-I-S-E dot org. So it spells out V-Rays dot org. If you are on the Google, just, you can just type in. Hello, hello. If you are on the Google app, you can just type in Vertical Rays and then go down to the Vertical Rays webpage. Hello, hello. Okay, so once you're there, it should give you an option to create a login, okay? So what we were trying to do, obviously we're doing the kids building home for kids, okay? So you want to make a profile that is based around your child, okay? So if you have uh, two, three, four children, whatever it is, you can do one profile for the family, okay? So on the first name, obviously put your child's first name and then your child's last name. If you have multiple children, you can put Smith and family, so it reads Smith family, 
okay? As you go in there, it'll ask you to uh, put a password, make sure you do an easy password for you, and then it'll ask you to upload a profile picture. So any teams, any programs that we work with, we are very adamant. We are very adamant about the profile picture. Uh, reason being is I'm assuming a lot of people are on social media. If you were to get a message or any, any like direct message, post, anything of that nature from somebody that didn't have a profile picture, a lot of times we think it's spam, junk, a robot, anything of that, okay? That is the importance of the profile picture on this website. We want to make sure anybody that we are reaching out to knows that this is real, this is not spam. Hello, hello. There we go. Okay, so um, go ahead, if you are taking part into the fundraiser, go ahead, create your login, and then add the profile picture. Should take about a minute or two, and then um, we'll go on to the next step. Does anybody have any questions while we wait? Nope, okay. Yeah, so what I'll do is after the fact, I am gonna send Marissa a instruction sheet. It'll just be uh, kind of going through the steps that we're gonna go through today. Um, my job is I just want to be able to walk you guys through the process so that way you can physically see the website and know the process of where to, how to navigate through the website and how to add emails and text out, whatever the, whatever the case may be, okay? So after you create the profile, you're going to get taken to a page that's going to that's going to ask you for a joint code. You are in the correct spot. I'm just going to wait for everybody else to catch up so we can give the code out, and then we'll move along, okay? Yeah, so just to reassure everybody, any emails that you're going to be submitting today, these are not sold or spam. This is strictly just to reach out to those individuals to see if they want to donate to this cause, okay? The emails will be saved under the child's profile, so that way if they were ever to run a fundraiser again, they have those emails saved so they can reload them. But as far as the company, we do not sell or spam these emails, okay? Does anybody need another minute getting logged in? Oh, whoa. That's good to know. Okay, I see it up there. All right, so everybody, after you log in, you should be on that screen right there. Is anybody not on that screen? Does anybody need another minute? You can create your own login. The website, so the website is vraise.org. So raise like you're raising money, V-R-A-I-S-E.org. All right, so I'll go ahead, those of you who are ready, I'll go ahead and give the code out. If anybody's still logging in, I'll catch you up. I will repeat the code, don't worry. So the code is 58884382. The code again, 58884382. Okay. So once you do that, go ahead and hit the Join Now button.
Code is 58, 88, 43, 82. And then go ahead and hit join now. All right, so after you put the code in, oh, oh there we go, perfect, perfect, I love it. I know it'll be kind of hard to see from up here. After you put the code in, it's going to take you to a screen that has four blue boxes running down the side, okay? It's going to have four blue boxes running down the side. So if you were to add email syntax after today, that is the screen that is your best friend. It's called the Invite Wizard. So if you ever log into your child's fundraising page, you'll see a button that says Invite Wizard. That will be your best friend. That will be the, the page that takes you to where you can send emails, texts, posts on social media, which is right there right behind me, okay? So everybody that's there now, go ahead and hit that blue parent button, the blue parent button, okay? Okay, so they're on a computer. If you're on a computer, you just type in the phone number. But those of you that are on your phone, it should pop up a screen that has a little green phone at the top. Go ahead and hit that little green phone. Okay. Now, those of you that may create your login, obviously you're the owner of that account. If you have a significant other or anybody else that you know can add emails on your child's behalf, send that text to that individual. Okay. This link is not asking that individual to donate. Again, it's just giving the, them access to that your child's account so if they can add emails, send texts for your child's behalf. So after you send that text, go ahead and head back to the Vertical Raise uh, website. If you're looking at the screen that has the green phone on it, just hit the back button one time and it'll take you back to the invite wizard. If you're on the screen like behind me, you'll see the invite wizard in the top left. So after you send the text, head back to the Vertical Raise website. If you're looking at the screen with the green phone, go ahead and hit the back button one time and that'll take you back to the invite wizard. Okay. Does anybody need another minute? Good? Okay. Now, on the invite wizard, the second blue button, the one that says email, go ahead and click that. Nice. And it's going to take you to a screen that looks just like this. So if you have your emails that you're going to submit today, if they are on your notes section of your phone, you can literally copy all the emails at one time and paste them to that white box and hit send. Okay? If you uh, have them at home and you're going to add them in later tonight, again, you can just add all the emails at one time into that box and hit send. Okay? You can either have them stacked or make sure you have a comma in between them. Okay? Okay. Now, did anybody before I... I don't want to go too fast, but did anybody actually have their email saved to the notes that are transferring over right now, or are you guys doing it later? Doing it later? Okay. I just want to make sure I give you time if you're typing them in. Okay, so you're going to do it later? Okay. All right. So if you're on this screen still right here, you can go ahead and hit the next button. Okay. So when you were on the invite wizard, it had the third blue button that said text. Once you hit that text button, it'll take you to this screen right here, okay? So those of you that are on your phone, it gives you a similar screen with a green phone and a copy link button. You can go ahead and copy that link, hit the green phone, it'll take you to your text messages, okay? With that link copied, you can send that link to anybody that you don't have an email for that you think would donate back to this cause, okay? So this link will be different than the parent link that you sent earlier. This one is actually asking individuals to donate. Okay. 
Also, with that being said, the name of this fundraiser, the name of the game is Shares. We want as many shares over the next three weeks as possible. So if you send this link to anybody that you know has a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and they, you think they won't have a problem sharing it, tell them to post it, okay? The more advertisement, the better, okay? Um, if you know anybody that you can add in that will add emails on your child's behalf, send that parent link to them, okay? Now, the last step to this, and everybody's good, right? I'm not going too fast? Okay. The last step to this on the invite wizard is you'll see there's a fourth blue button down. You mind doing that real quick? You'll see that there's a fourth blue button down Yep, for social media, okay? This is where you can post it on your Facebook and Twitter or X, okay? Now, if you have Instagram, Snapchat, or any other social media platform, you can copy the link, put it on the bio, put it on the story, and that's how you get it advertised uh, over the next three weeks, okay? All right, does anybody have any questions for me? Nothing? Good? Yes, ma'am. So once you post the link, it is literally giving them the link to the fundraising page, which will have the description, it'll have the video, it'll tell them what the cause for the fundraiser is. You wouldn't have to do anything, All everything through that link should be explained for them. Okay, so what we are doing, Marissa and I are uh, working on getting a video with the kids that is also explaining what their cause is, okay? It'll be like a nice a short little like 15, 20 second video. It's just the kids reaching out saying like, hey, we need your support, this is our cause. It's also another way to like, I mentioned that we don't want anybody to think this is fake, scam, or any kind of spam of any kind. The video is also another way to show, like, hey, this is real. Okay, this is the actual thing that we're doing. This is legit. Okay, um, Marissa and I are going to be working on that once we're done here, and then you guys should be seeing that video up on there within the next 24 hours or so. Does anybody else have any questions, comments, concerns? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, yes. You can do that. Yeah, so once you, if you didn't hear, once you hit that social media link, it's going to ask you to log in. You can copy the link, go to your app that's already logged in, and post it from there. You can't do that. Does anybody else have any other questions? Okay. So last thing, like I said, naming the game is shares. If you, um, a week from now, if you're thinking about it, you want to post on Facebook, do that. Okay. Like I said, many shares as possible over the next three weeks. And again, it will run for actually 24 days. I know I keep saying three weeks. We made it to where the fundraiser starts on Wednesday, and we'll end three weeks after that on that Wednesday. Okay? All right. That's it. Thank you all so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, have a good one. Outstanding. Thanks, Kyle. Okay, so as you saw, our, uh, our uh, budget, usually we end up sending uh, in, uh, anywhere from twenty-two to $32,000 a year over to India, depending on what they need, if they need a van, if they need washers, dryers, whatever. We know that a quarter of that money comes from the people who donate monthly, uh, uh, the, and then uh, the rest either comes from the church missions budgets or our yearly fundraiser. We normally have been pulling in around $10,000 for our fishathons, so that would be our minimum goal this year, is try to raise ten grand uh, through this fundraiser. But we'd like to see that doubled. I'd love to see those guys with more than one pair of socks and uh, eating more than just rice for breakfast. Amen? 
So if you want to help out, help these kids out. They'd appreciate it. Their parents appreciate it. They are a true remnant of Christianity in India. Yes, ma'am. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Outstanding. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for once again being able to be here with us today in this house. Lord, we thank you for the time that, uh, that we're allowed to spend with you. And Father, we thank you for the time all those who are here have taken out of their life because if there's one thing we cannot get back, it's the most precious gift of all, and that is the gift of time. So Father, we just ask you to bless us. Let your face shine upon us. Keep us on the straight and narrow road, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, the church said, amen. Now, out that side where the uh, playground is, there's a couple of big tents. There are hamburgers, hot dogs, and you're going to find probably your children if they're in children's church very, very wet. Okay? Because there's lots of water games, so go around the corner, enjoy it. Go in peace, and may the Lord be with you. From all wrong I'll be satisfied as long As I walk, dear Lord, close to Thee Just a closer walk Is my plea daily walking close to thee? Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Through this world of toils and snares. Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but thee.